You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible session of the African Father in America podcast. My name is Simon Javan Okelo and uh, I am in Seattle, Washington. It's really still very cold here. It's winter over here, but I'm excited to be here with a wonderful uh, guest uh, and friend. Uh, we are here with Malasi Nkosi. Did I pronounce your name correctly? It's Masati. Masasi. Is that right? Masati. So the Masati. H kind of sounds silent, but it's not. Masasi. Masasi. You will have to help me. And then Nkosi, right? Yeah, Nkosi is correct. So I'll say Miss Nkosi. <laughs> to save myself. <laughs> anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here with you for today's conversation. And, um, you know, uh, we are going to have our episode today grounded on a beautiful uh, proverb from Nigeria that says, what the child uh, says he has had at home, what the child says he has had at home. This is going to be what will center our conversation today. I just want to finish one thing here on uh, Clubhouse real quick to uh just set up in order for everyone who is joining us there to have an easy time uh doing that uh welcome stella and lavender thank you for being here with us today so uh masasi i'm going to just give you a second to uh, talk about yourself for a minute before i share the three nuggets of wisdom in relation to this proverb and then after that i am going to you know, just give you more space to uh, to enable you to talk about this proverb yourself, you know. Um, so just quickly, I know that you're an aspiring economist and uh, you're currently in your master's program. Is there anything, just in introduction, that you want to say before we begin with the three nuggets of wisdom? Sure. Um, my name is Mashat Ngosi. I am from South Africa in Johannesburg. I am doing my master's in environmental and energy economics, so I would love to be in the environmental and the energy space. Um, currently, I am working at the International Water Management Institute as an intern, and I am on a project called Ukama Ustawi, which I am absolutely loving um really it's just about accelerating um agribusinesses and helping them deal with with the impacts of climate change and yeah the the traveling is also great um also with, they also struggle with my name so they just call me Ngozi and i have no issues with it I love that. I love that. I can't wait to get to the point where we talk about Ukama, Ustawi. I think it's an incredible program. And, um, uh, you know, I love what you're doing uh, with it. Uh, I think one of the first times when we connected, it was around you speaking about it on Twitter spaces. Uh, but for now, uh, I want to quickly uh, just, uh, you know, welcome everyone who is watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and give this video a thumbs up. And also make sure you comment down below. That's one of the ways that you can support this show. We also have a ton of resources for you in the description for the video that we think you should take advantage of. A lot of people always ask me, how are you guys producing your show? What uh, programs are you using to edit and to produce the live stream? All of that is in the description, thanks to our team members who are also watching, uh, who are helping make this possible. Now, um, the first nugget of wisdom. As usual, whenever we begin the show, we bring to you a new African proverb because we value the ancestral wisdom of our ancestors that left these proverbs for us. And uh, we dissect them a little deeper and uh, we start with these three nuggets. Number one, especially for today's proverb from Nigeria, the proverb itself, itself says that what the child says he has had at home, what the child says he has had at home. The whole month of January, 
all our proverbs are going to be related to parenting as children you know because it's the beginning of the year and the children are the foundation we just want to focus on them a bit so the first nugget of wisdom says that be mindful of your words and actions around children since they can have a lasting impact on how they view themselves and the world uh and then number 2 take responsibility for actively creating an enriching environment that will help shape strong and independent mindsets in the young people around you and finally remember that what we say when we think no one is listening can make all the difference in a child's life so choose your words wisely uh, this is really close to my heart because i'm a father of three girls and anything i say sometimes i don't even intend to communicate something but right before i say it i look around and i find eyes looking at me and eagerly waiting for what i'm just about to say you know <laughs> that's so, true that's very true yeah yeah so um you know miss nkosi i want you to take a moment here and also share with us your own perspective when we sent you this proverb uh, what is it that came to your mind what the child says he has heard at home Um so I absolutely loved this proverb to be quite honest um what the child says um he has heard at home because I was raised by my grandmother um and there were two very important things that she raised me on and I think when I got older she started opening up about her marriage and just to kind of build that foundation and the first thing she said to me was that when you argue with your partner you never argue in front of kids and i think when i was 18 20 i didn't understand it because my mind wasn't even on the whole topic of marriage but thinking about this proverb that's the first thing that popped into my mind and what i took from that is what you say to your partner should always be kind because that's how your kids also learn kindness and that's how they learn to associate certain images certain characteristics certain values and morals with your partner and vice versa because if you're going to say bad things or bad words in front of your kids they take that they internalize it and when they get into friendships romantic relationships that is the learned behavior that they take in into into those aspects you know so that's what i actually took from the proverb is it reminded me so much of my grandmother um she's late now so the fact that i saw that is like ah my grand <laughs> that's that's really beautiful you know um our ancestors never leave us you know i feel that your grandmother is right here with us you know and uh that's because the things they teach us stay with us forever you know and uh that's what this proverb says and that's what the beautiful story you just shared with us also uh reminds us about um and i want to take you back even further you know this is a question i love asking the guests uh, of the african father in america podcast i want to learn more about maybe a childhood story from when you are 8 to uh 18 16 something that happened that really shaped who you are today as a as a leader as an aspiring economist and also as uh you know the driving force behind ukama ustawi uh you having an impact you know there are a lot of kenyans that love what you do too and uh i want you to speak about where did this begin especially in your childhood Um oh so i remember when so so in south africa when you get to grade 9 right at the end of the of grade 9 that's when you choose your your, your subjects so to say that okay from grade 10 this is what you're going to study according to what you're aspiring to do and so forth so i remember it was end of grade 9 my parents my dad had gone to school with me um so that they could present and discuss with our parents that we had to choose our subjects and so forth and i i went to to the to the guidance lady and i mentioned to her that i wanted to go into neuroscience 
And she was like to me, this school only produces two specialists and I don't think you'd be one of them. And that was, that, that left my jaw on, on the floor, you know, um, hearing somebody doesn't know me from a bar of soap, already discouraging me from wanting to do something that I'm interested in. And I left it. I actually didn't do any science subjects after that because I was so disheartened, you know, and I chose commerce. I studied economics, business, and accounting. And honestly, looking back, I think as much as that broke me as a child, it really was the best thing that lady could have said to me. Um, because when I got to grade 10, I met this amazing teacher. Um, she's originally from Zimbabwe. Her name is Mrs. Rachel Masadza. And she actually saw how interested I in. I was I was in economics, and she invested in me so much like from everything when I didn't do well in tests she would want to have a conversation with me to understand what don't I understand when I didn't do well in an essay she'd like she wants to mold me so much and I think that story for me meant everything or that aspect of my life meant everything to me because of the fact that one person broke me down only for another to build me up and um I'm here studying economics all because of that one teacher that saw the potential and invested in me and made sure I saw it in myself and kept on pushing on through it, through it all. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, uh, the other day, the day before yesterday, I was interviewing, uh, you know, a, a retired teacher here in the U.S., uh, who was sharing with us the story of Malcolm X? You know, the you know Malcolm X, the civil rights, uh, one of the civil rights leaders here in the U.S. And a teacher, he, he he told a teacher as a young boy. He also told the teacher that he wanted to be a lawyer, and he explained that he wanted to use his knowledge in law to solve a lot of problems in his community. And the the teacher directly told him, the white teacher directly told him that you cannot be a lawyer, you find something else to to do, you know. And your story and that story is so similar. And, um, you know, I just, I'm very proud of you for, for you know, for, for continuing to pursue your dreams and also finding uh, someone who really supports you and uh, believes in your dreams, you know. And, yeah, uh, thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, before we continue, I just want to recognize some of our incredible friends who are joining us on Clubhouse. You know, thank you, uh, Crystal and Don, Don Joy and Byron and Ned and Lavender and Stella for joining us. Take a minute and share the link to the room and share with us your comments there on, on Clubhouse too. Let us know how you feel about the conversation so far. Also on YouTube, thank you again for joining us. Remember to give the video a thumbs up and, uh, you know, make sure you leave your comments so that we know that you are, you know, paying attention to this beautiful conversation. <laughs> so, you know, Miss um, Nkosi, another thing that I love uh, talking about really is creating space uh, for my guests to talk about uh, the current programs or projects or books or apps, things that they are currently doing that they feel that uh, everyone who is listening should pay attention to. And I think what you're doing with Ukami Ustawi is really, really beautiful. I want you to uh, to talk about how it began, how it's going, and, and where you want to take it. Um, so I joined um, the International Water Management Institute as an intern in September. So when I joined, the project was already like full steam ahead, you know. Um, I joined in the, in, in the aspect of when we were about to launch the project in Kenya, you know. Um, so basically the project Okama Ustawi, Okama means partnerships, Ustawi means well-being or development, and bringing the two words together is to highlight that the project aims to achieve system level development through innovative partnerships. 
So this project is targeted at agribusinesses, at startup and growth stage, you know, and we are looking at addressing the challenges of climate change in agriculture. As you know, in Africa, the biggest sector is agriculture across the board, and it contributes so much to our GDP. And as much as some people might say, yeah, because South Africa, I mean, South Africa in general is not as developed as the European or American countries, you know, um, and it shouldn't be so affected by climate change, but that's not the truth, or it shouldn't be affected by um, GHG emissions. It's, that's Unfortunately, that's not true, you know. We all live on the same earth. We're all experiencing the same things. And in Africa, we need to be proactive in addressing this and this is why we're targeting it at agribusinesses a huge sector in in africa and contributing so much to gdp and contributing so much to the jobs and the opportunities that people get you know and trying to move away from subsistence farming because in a lot of the cases um, people go into agriculture for subsistence farming so that they can um, plant enough food to sustain themselves but they are unable to generate those those produce into a business because it won't be enough, you know, and that's why with our focus being climate change and adaptation and mitigation, we are looking at four thematic themes, which is irrigation and mechanization. We are looking at nutrition. We are looking at agricultural risk management, and we are looking at conservation. So those four thematic themes are directly associated with how we can counteract climate change and its impacts on agriculture in terms of the change in rainfalls, which do affect when you can plant, when you can harvest, you know. Also with irrigation, if you use normal irrigation, we know that it causes soil erosion. So you need to get creative in the way that you use your machines, your, your machinery, as well as your irrigation systems. We have people who are coming in introducing solar irrigation options, you know. So the project officially launched um, on the 22nd of November and it closed on the 23rd of November, if I'm not mistaken. And we are currently in our selection phases. So the first phase of selection is ending tomorrow. So the judges are busy looking at the agribusinesses that they're going to push to the second stage. Then there will be another selection process to make sure that everything's been done correctly, you know. And then after that, once we have cut it down, um, and we get our 10 people that we will be working with, we are going to officially kick off the Ukama Ustawi initiative in Rwanda in February. So what I mean by kickoff, that's when we introduce, officially introduce the phase one cohort. So the project is in three phases. Um, and in the phase one phase, we have countries such as Kenya, Zambia, Rwanda and Uganda, you know, so those four countries, that's what we're going to be doing in Rwanda, saying, okay, listen, this is our cohort for the phase, um, phase one, and this is how we are going to be helping them. So in that phase one, we are going to be providing business development, so it's technical assistance for six months, so it's going to start in March. Technical assistance for six months where those the 10 cohort um, of people will be assisted with business development. They will get technical assistance. They will get um, investment readiness, you know, to find out who or how they can attract investments. Because we do know if you're in agriculture, you don't, you struggle to get financing because you don't have the tangible assets that you can um, give to the bank or put forward as surety. So it does become very difficult to, to operate in the agricultural space because of those hindrances. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bridge the gap between the possible impacts and the existing impacts of climate change, as well as the financial aspects of it and the business aspects of it. So that's what Kamal Stawi is. We're just trying to make sure that our agribusinesses are getting the exposure that they should get 
are reaching the people that they should reach because we are not only looking at climate smart agriculture, we're also looking at inclusion, you know, um, inclusion in the aspects of youth and women because we know most of the time women are in the agricultural space, but because of cultural aspects, they're not able to do what they would like to because other countries are not as lenient. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love that. I love that. That was uh, one of our audience members on Clubhouse, Joy. Uh, we'll give you a chance to speak in a moment. Uh, uh, Miss Nkosi, carry on. Are you, are you done with this part? Carry on. Yeah, I was just saying that in, in some African countries, you know, um, the we still based on the cultural aspect as much as we do have that governmental aspect but because of culture women do have their restrictions a woman still needs to go with her husband to the bank to get a loan a woman needs to put their business in their husband's name in order for them to be able to to function rather or have that business you know so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to not bridge the gap on the business front but also on the inclusion front um, and just helping people access the resources that they so need in order to be successful that's incredible that's incredible i i have i'm involved with an agribusiness uh initiative in kenya we didn't apply for Ukama Ustawi. I feel that we should have, you know, because we're doing something really unique. Uh, but next time, next time you guys are doing this, uh, we have to be involved. But for now, I just want to help with the storytelling aspect of things, you know. Uh, I want to, I, of course, I wanted to, you know, uh, let more people know about you and the incredible work you're doing. But I want to interview some of the other beneficiaries of uh you know Ukami, Ukama, Ukama Ustawi once you guys have selected your your, your finalist you know uh yes. but this is so important and i wonder would you do this if it wasn't for the internship opportunity that you have is this something you saw coming um you know no funny enough if i can just give my my background I come from insurance, you know. Um, I started in corporate social responsibility. So that aspect of always wanting to be on the ground and giving back is just something that I have in me naturally. You know, I've always wanted it. Um, when I was in corporate social responsibility, I was working with students, you know, who needed bursaries. And it's, it's very sad when a student sends you an email and they're like, listen, my school fees hasn't been paid. And now you have to run around and make sure they're not excluded because of the fact that we're still pushing through payments. And obviously it's, it's, it's a long process. You know, we need to get your quotations. We need to find someone in your school who is in the finance department, who's the contact. So when we make the payments, they can assist us to clear them immediately into that student's account, you know. Um, so moving from insurance to this, I am extremely happy, happy because this is where I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be in, in the environmental space, you know. I've always wanted to be in, in a sector that gives back to the things that I am passionate about. And like I did mention earlier, I would love for the rest of my life to work in the environmental and energy sector, you know. Um, especially now, a lot of us are needed to be on the ground, especially with, with the whole climate change and all the, the measures that need to be met, you know. Every day it's changing. The worse it gets, the more it changes. So even if it wasn't for my internship, I truly do believe I would have found a way to kind of make an impact, even if maybe if it's even through writing papers, because right now I'm doing my, my thesis and my thesis is um, aligned with, with, with the energy sector. You know, sometimes you don't physically need to be on the ground, but you can release the knowledge and the research that you've put together to share your knowledge and build on it. I love that. Speaking about energy and, you know, I'll come to my guest. Um, our, we have a few people who have joined us on Clubhouse who would like to share a few comments and their own perspectives uh, on our conversation and on today's proverb. But uh, speaking of energy, South Africa is 
you know i think the most developed country in in africa but your energy crisis is uh how are you guys going to solve it i think you guys are going to solve it based on what you're studying you know but what what do you want to say about that explain to people who don't know what i'm talking about So um, actually, my paper, my my master's paper is on, is on that. Um, so currently in South Africa, we have rolling blackouts. So we can go from level two one day to level six the next day. And the higher the level, the longer you are out of electricity, you know. Um, and my opinion on that, honestly, is the fact that we took too long to identify our energy problem. And what I mean by that is ESCOM in itself is, is an SOE that comes from the apartheid um, era. So obviously when it was created, it wasn't created to handle um, um, providing power to a majority, but rather to the minority. So converting a power station that was built to provide power to a minority and then saying it must provide power to a majority without making adjustments to capacity that is going to cause problems along the way i mean the two power the, the, the power stations that they're trying to build now in the 84 years that escom um, has been in, in um, has been in existence this is the first time in 20 years um, a power station is being built or power stations are being built, you know, and even those two power stations are long overdue. They were started, I think, in 2007, 2008. We're in 2023. They still haven't gone on to add to the grid. So that's the, that's the current issue, you know, and there's a lot of people saying we shouldn't move to um, renewable energy because it would be too expensive or we wouldn't be able to to handle it and so forth. And my opinion of that is we need to look at what works for what which province, you know. We can still use coal, but we can add to our capacity with renewables. When you look at provinces like Bumalanga and Johannesburg, solar makes sense for us. When you go down to your Western Cape, you can use um, hydropower. I mean, also nuclear, I'm, I'm very against nuclear for one big reason. The fact that the radiation that it releases, it cannot be contained or rather disposed of in a safe way. But that would really be the best option for anybody in the world, not just South Africa, you know. But the fact that there's so many health risks, you can't, kind of take a gamble with people's lives like that just to to ensure that they have power so unfortunately um yeah the energy problem is 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 very scary especially when you think about how it affects our gdp you know if you don't have power you don't have stable power what happens to our investments our foreign investments People are not going to want to set up businesses here because they have that fear of how are we going to be productive when our business can shut down for four hours. Even if you have backup generators, that is an additional cost that you have to bear now because you're in a country where the energy is not stable, you know. And even with smaller businesses, that's a huge chunk of money to take out to buy a generator, buy a buy backup batteries and ensure that everything is running smoothly yeah it's true it's true i always wonder how south african industries continue to thrive despite these uh power challenges i've i've hosted uh, a wonderful uh you know leader spiritual leader from south africa her name is gogoru tendongara she's from zimbabwe but she lives in south africa and we had a long series of interviews on this show and one of the biggest challenges was balancing when to do it in relation to when uh, we are going to have power outages in south africa and uh you know i just hope it's solved because a lot of uh, countries are in africa look up to south africa you know <laughs> yeah anyway it's, it's becoming 
it's becoming quite the rat race, you know, when you're looking at countries like Rwanda. Rwanda is developing at a very fast rate, you know, and you look at countries like Egypt as well, you know. So it's, 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 I, think, I think South Africa is going to be given a run for its money soon enough. So we need to sort out our problems. I agree. I agree with that. And I do agree also that the challenge, the challenge not only with South Africa, but most countries in Africa and even here in the U.S., a lot of the infrastructure is designed to serve the, the privileged first and then the rest of the population. So, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible the way you explained it. Now, uh, I want to I want to ask you to just take a few notes. Uh, I want to create space for our guests, uh, our friends who are joining us for the show. Uh, Lavender and Stella are people that you connected with. Uh, I'll give you Lavender space first. Lavender, how are you doing? Uh, Where are you joining us from? And what do you think of today's conversation with uh, Miss Nkosi? And also, what are your thoughts on today's proverb from Nigeria? Thank you so much. Hi, Simon. Hi, Marcel. <laughs> you can just call me Marcel. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold I, on. I, I tried. Yeah, she. Uh, Miss Nkosi will 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 tell you exactly how to, uh, how to say her first name. It's it's not the way it's written. <laughs> I, I've been rehearsing during the emails, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lavender. You pronounce it Mashati. Mashati. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you're very beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so proud and I'm challenged as a fellow woman to um, do more by the impact you're making in your community and around the world. Thank this you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so very much welcome. Um, this Lavender I'm speaking from Seattle, Washington. My um, thoughts about today's proverb, what the child sees he has had at home. Most of the time or any time a child does or says anything, people will uh, question or refer that to the child's environment, the guardian, the parents. And so like Simon said, Simon shared one of the nuggets were that we should be uh, very watchful of what we do and say around the kids. They emulate well. They're always watching. So those are my thoughts about this proverb um, for today. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you, love. And uh, uh, Ms. Nkosi, we'll give you a moment to to summarize everything you're hearing uh, after we hear from all our friends who are joining us today. I also want to let everyone else who is not on the stage feel free to join uh, the stage. We have a few minutes where you can also share your perspective on the proverb or also on the conversation that we are having here with our wonderful guest. Uh, Stella, how are you? Where are you joining us from? And uh, what are your thoughts on my conversation with Ms. Nkosi and also the proverb from Nigeria? that uh, we are centering this conversation around. Hi, Simon. Can you hear me? I can hear you, and I definitely hear other voices around you, too. This is Stella from Kenya, and today I'm in a Hey Stella. Stella, you're breaking a lot. Stella. 
now. And that's why you can hear the, the noises. And then... Hey, Stella. Stella, can you hear me? I hear you, but the noise behind you is not allowing me to hear you very well. And then the beginning of what you are saying got disrupted with the connection. So if you just want to begin real quick, I would really appreciate it. Oh, my network is bad. I hope you get to hear me. Yeah, it's much better now. Carry on. Um, yeah, I'm saying uh, this is Stella from Kenya, and I'm really sad that I can't see our guests' face today because of poor connection. So I was, I'm not able to go to the link on YouTube. Yeah, and I really feel bad. <laughs> so uh, I really don't want to talk much because. Uh, my connection. I don't know if it will call me. Thank you. Hey Stella, thank you so much for making the time. I just want you to know that you can watch the video later and you'll be able to see our, our guest and uh, contribute to the conversation later and leave your comment uh, on YouTube. For those who don't know that we are live streaming on YouTube and are on Clubhouse, the link is at the very top of the room. And uh, my special guest is in South Africa. Uh, Miss Nkosi is doing incredible work with uh, Ukama Ustawi and she's currently doing her master's in economics and she has a really really powerful story if you missed the beginning of this conversation you should you should you should listen to it uh, you know again uh, remember this uh, podcast is available across all podcasting platforms from Apple where we are a five star rated podcast to Spotify and all other podcasting platforms now i want to welcome cubs cubs share with us where you are in the world and uh, and what today's proverb from nigeria means to you or if you have been listening to the conversation what comment do you have for our guest today uh, the proverb is right at the top of the room as well yes thank you so much uh okello and happy new year happy healthy and prosperous new year to everybody that's listening Today, um, I wish everybody just a fantastic uh, dreams come true, uh, blessed <laughs> new year. So yes, uh, unfortunately, I, came, I just came in the room, so I didn't hear the whole um, uh, interview, but I'll definitely you know, be back to listen to the replays. I'm looking forward to that. But when I look at the title, what the child says he has heard at home, I think to me, it just says that um, their bringing of the child is going to show um, out there. Um, whatever you, uh, you know, sometimes they say in the Bible, bring up your child. Uh, and, oh gosh, I'm mixing up the, the phrase. But anyway, it's something, the effect of the way you bring up your child is the way they're going to show up in the world. So I think as parents, uh, that is a sobering fact. And when we look at a lot of the problems in today's world, a lot of them started in the home, and they are bringing the choices uh, people have made, the fears they have, the traumas they have, and all that. So I think it's just a, a very wise thing, and it's a, it is a timeless uh, proverb because that will always apply. It applies to our parents, it applies to us, it applies to our children, and it applies to future generations. So we have to always be aware how we are raising each generation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cubs. Uh... I, I love everything you just shared with us and I can see that Miss Nkosi agrees. She will comment on it in a moment here. Uh, I want to carry on and go to Natasha. Natasha, how are you? Where are you joining us from? And what do you think of this proverb or do you have any comment on the conversation with Miss Nkosi? Grand Risings, I got into the room late. I didn't hear the full conversation, but from what I heard, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was very inspirational, and I'm very proud that this young lady is doing what she's doing. And it made me even think of my family be um, background, which is my family's Jamaican, in terms of energy, which is one of the big things in Jamaica. Um, in Jamaica, they have the highest, the cost for energy there is 
is extremely high. A lot of the people cannot afford it. My cousin works for the light company and I was discussing with him alternate ways um, to bring alternate things to bring into the country where people could actually afford light, even solar power. But he said they did try and there was an issue with that. So I'm very interested in what she's going to be doing in her country and maybe there could be something that they could learn from her and what she's doing with her organization and her studies. Um, in terms of the proverb, hmm, um, I, like I said, I grew up in a Jamaican house and one of the things was, I, I may do this, but you don't follow me. And what sometimes we fail to realize is children are not psychologically equipped to make good decisions. They're children and they're still growing and they're still learning. So they learn from us. So we have to be the, the ones who set the, the parameter. We have to set it high so they can flourish in the world and do the things that are right. So if we do wrong in front of them, we can't expect right, you know? So that's basically what I think about it. And thank you for listening. Of have course, day, of course. Uh, have a beautiful day as well. Uh, I love everything you just shared with us. And uh, uh, I, I also hope that we can share the knowledge as, you know, as we learn uh, from what uh, Ms. Nkosi is doing. I'm sure we will be sharing more. And she will comment in a moment. We have the final comment coming from Stephen. Stephen, how are you? Where are you joining us from? And what are your perspectives on today's proverb? What the child says he has heard at home. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very well, Simon. Thank you for having me. I'm joining from Kisumu, Kenya, in uh, our offices in Manyata. Uh, sorry, I joined late. I didn't get to hear all that the speaker of today uh, talked about, but I'll definitely uh, get into the replays and uh, listen from what had been shared earlier. Uh, concerning today's proverb, it's a very interesting one. But uh, what I would uh, say about the proverb is that uh, we are the kids or the children's mirror. When we are at home, we the parents and the adults at home, we are the mirrors to these kids. and. Uh, the reflection they see in us is what they emulate when they get out there. They'll not only speak of what they hear, but they'll act as we act. So it's very important of us to uh, pass out the light that we want uh, these children to shine when they get out uh, in the world and uh, when they are alone, because Many a times they'll do what they see us doing when they're alone, not when in our presence. So uh, if what you're doing is not right, we should expect the same uh, of them. Thank you again for having me, Simon. And happy, happy new year to everyone in the room. Excellent. Happy new year to you. Uh, quick shout out to Jay Ware and Kay Benjamin and Kay... Uh, Complique <laughs> and of course Byron and everyone else who didn't have a chance to speak today on Clubhouse on YouTube MJ well, thank you again for your support I've been seeing your comments over the last few days it means a lot that you're here uh, for the show as well Miss Nkosi what is it that you heard from the comments that really moved you that you want to speak about and then uh, share with us how we can stay connected with you how we can support your amazing work. Thank you so much. Um, so Natasha, what, what, what Natasha said, you know, that um, what the child sees, they'll, they'll do as well. It goes back to that annoying idiom, what monkey see, monkey do, you know. Um, so that's how kids are. It's just how we are, like we look up to our parents or our guardians and that is the role model, you know, that's who we want to be, you know. Um, 
I think with me, I, I can even give a, a perfect example for that. My mother was studying towards being an accountant. She was in the commerce field. I followed into the commerce field, you know. My dad did science, you see. So it just, it was one of those things of, I initially wanted to go the science route and I was discouraged to go there. And then I ended up going the commerce route and I absolutely love it, you know. And speaking about um, what she mentioned about Jamaica, and wanting to use solar energy. Solar energy is very tricky. Solar um, and wind are very tricky for two reasons, the availability. Solar, solar, solar power is generated when the sun is at zenith. So when you can get the most energy out of it, that's when you'll get the energy. So on days where like in Joburg today, it's raining because comes a bit tricky that's why you need to use reserves or you need to have batteries and so forth so that's that's why certain um, alternatives tend to be a bit discouraged because of stuff like that but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be used you know I don't think you shouldn't now you should now dismiss you so using solar energy because of the element of weather there's also that disadvantage of solar energy does happen to be expensive because you need to buy those panels, you need to get it installed, it needs to work with the current grid that is in your house, you know. So I understand why they would be discouraged, but we keep trying again, we need to find things that work best with our countries and find alternatives for when those things are not working as efficiently as they should be. And um, going back to Stephen, Stephen really mentioned from what I've got in a nutshell is that as a parent, you are a role model. What you say your child will repeat, what you do your child will repeat, the way you treat someone your child will repeat, you know, and that's why my grand used to say, if I have a problem with the neighbor, that is not your business. You will still greet that neighbor. And if they ask you to go to the shops or come into the house and ask me for sugar or whatever the case may be, you will do it because that has grown people's business. It's got nothing to do with you. But as kids, we like, we like to internalize everything our parents do or our guardians do. And that I guess it's, it's, it's that psychological thing of it makes us seem closer or be closer with our guardians. But that's when discernment comes in as a parent. You can't swear in front of your child and be shocked when the next day they're saying the same thing. You planted that seed. You know, you can't leave dishes in the sink and then shout at your child for not washing those dishes you set that precedent, you know, so whatever behavior you do, I'm not saying as parents, we need, as a parent, you need to be perfect. No, what I'm saying is that make your mistake, but be the one to correct it. Because at the end of the day, when you release that child into the earth or, or into the world, they're a reflection of you. So if that child is rude, you're going to get the blame for it. If that child is that child who will pick up a wrapper on the floor and put it in the dustbin, you planted that in them. So we need to be very, I wouldn't say be careful. You still need to be human, but correct the behavior that you have noted to be wrong because your child needs to know what is right and what is wrong. And they also need to learn the right values, the right morals from you. You are the foundation to everything. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. You, you haven't talked about how we can stay connected with you and how we can support your work, especially with Ukamu uh, Stawi. <laughs> so with, with, with Ukamu Stawi, there's a lot of pages you can follow, actually. Um, a lot of what we're going to be doing, I will be posting on my LinkedIn, like I was um, promoting 
the the application process when it opened so on my linkedin it is my first name and my last name that is mashatsinkosi um that's how you can connect with me on linkedin and if you have any questions my mailbox is open i did get questions um during there you know um and i'm okay i don't mind people inboxing me to to find out about kamostawi or anything that i'm doing as well perfectly fine with it um also on twitter i, I think my handle is my it's chatsi underscore ngosi so that is h l a t s e underscore ngosi and then on instagram it is chatsi n my instagram account is private you know um and that's just because you know we need to have a little bit of a private life every now and then you know but yeah and with the kama with star we have a partner called to scale that is the number 2 and scale you can also follow them um to to keep up with what's going on you can follow the official cgiar um whether you're doing it on twitter on instagram a lot of the the cgs projects are promoted on the cgs um twitter pages and linkedin pages and then you can also look at my co-leads and what they they say you know so my co-leads are my bosses and that is mercy zulu hume uh, or hume brother sorry it's hume it's mercy zulu hume on linkedin and hauk dal like ronald dal the book so his name is hauk h a u h a u k e dal they're both on linkedin and they also um have stuff that they post about ukamo stawi they also um highlight other businesses you know like you know if shamba shape up maybe has something that they've posted they'll like it and repost because it's a network and that's what we also trying to build with the kamal stawi a network of agri businesses where you'll find that if something for example farmer on fire um the lady who had me on her twitter spaces decides to post something we will repost it if it comes across our timeline we'll repost it because now we are in the same networks you know and we're trying to get everybody's work out there we're trying to support and we're trying to highlight what everybody's doing so that's how you can get in contact with all of us um like i said i am personally at the international water management institute but that is a body that is part of the cg which is the mother brand so yeah so the cg posts a lot of all our initiatives we have a lot of initiatives you know across different um interest groups what is cg so by the way cg um it's the cgiar yes so they they so they they are research um organization and we have a lot of like umbrella initiatives under so you'll mm. get the international water management institute you'll get ilri which is the international livestock Res- um, research institute right the yeah it gets and ilri is is i think is based in kenya that's right. where we were to um to to launch um ukamo stawi and then you also get siat which is biodiversity and alliance so it's it's a lot of different people doing a lot of different projects right that's incredible i i want you to connect with steven he's is uh, the one who is leading the uh, the project i was telling you that i'm involved with in kenya so we okay. will we will connect you guys by email There's one more comment from Jay where who is an incredible contributor to this space. Uh Jay, go ahead and share with us before we wrap up. Actually, I I just joined a few moments ago and I'm really impressed with your guest. Um she has so much wisdom and I I will definitely listen to the replay. And may I ask your guest a question? Of course, sure. of course. <laughs> thank thank you. Thank you so much. This is Jay speaking. Uh I would like to know what this is something that I've noticed in my children, particularly one. Um you mentioned that uh if the adult has a conflict with a neighbor, uh that is between the adults and you still want your children to be respectful. However, they're going to repeat what you do. 
uh, and they're going to act in a way and in a manner that they see you act and behave. So once they become an adult and you see them doing things that you did when they were children and they picked it up, but you're seeing it now with a different set of eyes and they're adults, how can you encourage them not to do that. So then you realize that perhaps like there was a look I would give, uh, an expression on my face. Um, when someone said something or did something I didn't agree with, or I didn't like, or I found it irritating or annoying. And I see that same look <laughs> on my kid's face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is really not appropriate. How can you do something about that once they become adults where they realize it and they choose, you know, not to do that anymore. Thank you so much. Um, hi, Jay. Um, nice to meet you. Thank you for the question because um, I also have the same problem. So I got it from my grandmother. Um, I have a former manager who used to say to me, your face says it all. Like, if you don't agree with something, you don't need to say it. Your face, you've just got this look that, you know, just kind of lets someone know that I'm not about it, <laughs> you know. Um, and honestly, I tried. I really tried. And I realized that that's something that I grew up with. And because I don't like conflict, I guess that's the universe's way to kind of let someone know that now nah, you've stepped on my toes now, you know, we need to, we need to have a conversation and you need to come approach me about it because I've used body language to alert you to the fact that I don't like what you said, you know, um, and expressions, unfortunately, when it comes to your face, there's nothing you can do. Um, you can tell your child that you shouldn't do that, but now, you're going to be so aware of it in your head that it's only going to get worse. Now you're going to have other expressions that are probably not as bad as your initial expression. But on the other hand, if it's maybe the way that they speak to someone or the way they treat someone, my grand would call you out. And unfortunately, I grew up with someone who did believe in beating kids, you know, not beat you to a pulp, but she will smack you. You know, if it means that you must take a belt and smack you, she'll smack you if you're not listening. And would I practice that? No, but I, I, get, she, I get the fact that she's from a different era than me. You know, now that I'm older, I get it. When I was younger, I was very upset about it. And when it's, it's words said or an attitude and all of that, I think it's just a part of having an honest conversation with your child. And saying, listen, I might not like this person. I might have a conflict with your aunt, your uncle, the neighbor. But that's got nothing to do with it. You do not inherit the problems of your parents. Because now you're carrying a burden that's got nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And that causes conflicts with even your cousins. You know, if your cousin is going to be weird towards you because of it, it's fine. But you need to be a bigger person. So if it's attitude, um, the way they speak, I say have an honest conversation. I truly believe that we, in an era where parents should really try their best to have open and honest conversations with their kids, you don't have to be their friend, but you can always put forward that it's an open door. That's fantastic. Thank you, Jay, for the question. And thank you, Ms. Nkosi, for such a wonderful response. And thank you for making the time out of your busy schedule, especially because tomorrow is the last day of, uh, you know, of submission of, you know, the applications for the Ukama Ustawi program. So I know it's a busy time for you. So thank you again. I can't wait to have you again on the show. You know, your wisdom surpasses your age, you know. <laughs> so we want to have you back on the show sometime. And, uh, you know, I can't just say how grateful I am. Um, for those who are watching, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, you know, give this video a thumbs up and comment below. Uh, there are so many resources uh, in the description to this video that I want you to check out. Uh, and also for those who are on Clubhouse, 
uh, I see Richmo and Dika and Byron and Kay and Kay and everyone else who is on the stage. Thank you all so much for taking the time. We took the entire December off because we wanted to also, you know, rejuvenate and come back stronger. And so this is our first week broadcasting after a month long break. Uh, and uh, we want you to let everyone else who has been supporting the show know that we are back and uh, 6 a.m pacific standard time monday to friday we are broadcasting on youtube and also on clubhouse if you want to be a guest on the show connect with lavender and stella who are on the stage on clubhouse or dm me directly on twitter or on instagram hey uh miss nkosi do you have one closing remark before we wrap up completely um, yes, my only thing I would say is thank you so much, Simon, for having me. I really appreciate it. I was very nervous, you know, but I really appreciate it. And I'd love to be a guest again. Um, and yeah, I just, everybody must just look out. We are going to be doing some great things as part of the Okama Stawi um, initiative. And I absolutely love Kenya. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed my time in Kenya. Unfortunately, I got sick when I got there, but we still had to push through, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's been a great experience. I've enjoyed my time on the podcast and I will definitely check it out later <laughs> as well. For sure, for sure. We will have you back in Kenya again, for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, we will have you as a guest again. And I deeply, deeply appreciate your work. Your grandmother did a fantastic job, you know. <laughs> Thank okay. You. Okay. Well, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. You too. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. African father in America. You are listening.